The bye week is here. No tape Tuesday. No game recap today because instead I'm being joined by Florida Gators legend and now Florida Hall of Famer Joe Hayden here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryFSI.com. But now, Joe Hayden. Joining me now for Lockdown Gators is a very special guest in Joe Hayden, Florida Gator. Great now, Florida Gator Hall of Famer. So congratulations on that one. And you were recently in Gainesville. What are your thoughts on the current state of the program? You got to be around the staff. You're around the program. Just, just what are your thoughts right now on what Billy Napier is doing? Uh, I think he's doing a great job. I think the University of Florida is doing a really good job of getting them the first class facilities. Um, they had that new football facility that I just saw. And I think now it's a big thing with NILs, kids seeing they having every single option to go to any school. Um, they're putting a lot of money into the football facility. So I think that's gonna help us out a whole lot just in recruiting and bringing kids in. And then it was just the atmosphere, man. I mean, it was amazing. It's still the swamp. Uh, it was 88,000 people in the stadium. Um, so, you know, it was, I, I, I think they're on the right direction. I think our, we, the main thing has been we needed a quarterback. I think Richardson, if he can really just get get going, I'm glad we were able to win. But us, since I've been there, it was kind of like Tim Tebow. We've always had skill positions, everybody around him. We've always had first-round picks, line, everywhere else. But we just need a quarterback kind of to get us over the edge. So I think hopefully Richardson can do that for us. And while you were there, were you kind of looking at the facilities and you were just like, man, like if I could have been a player during these times? God, it was crazy because when I was there, I thought we had the sickest facilities. I'm like, <laughs> and now we got like the backup facilities. They're still there, but it's like they have their whole other ninety million dollar facility that they that they did. So I mean, unbelievable. I'm so happy for my school. So when we go back, they're showing us all the stuff. They're hyped. They're showing us around. So it was so good to be seeing like my school is dope as hell with their facility <laughs> to show people and tell them. Um, but at the same time, it's going. I hope it just brings more championships and more and more winning to the to the uh, to the Gators. Hopefully, and also just one more thing: Have you thought about like when NIL came in? Were you thinking like the, the checks you could have cashed? <laughs> oh my god, I thought about the checks I could have cashed that my boy Major all them dudes. But I thought about Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow would have been a multimillionaire back in the day because he was so straight laced, honestly, and he practiced what he preached. He was a great player, stand up dude. I mean, I, he would have probably made more money in college than he did in the NFL. Uh, so I just always feel for like Tim Tebow. I'm like this. Yeah, and I, he would have been a multimillionaire. I'd had a couple hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? I'd have been, I'd have been straight. For sure. I would have been struggling eating McDonald's like me and Major was, but yeah, we'd have been good. And then now dating back to your time in Gainesville, you know, 2007 comes, you were the first true freshman to start at corner for the Florida Gators on opening day. Just, just what was it like for you in, in that time to be true freshman and just these, 
this incredible hype around you? Um, it was, I, I kind of didn't really kind of let it hit me because I was just was always just trying to prove myself. Always wanted to make sure that I showed my team. I said I deserve to be out there. And our team, we had, we had a lot, a lot of skilled players. So it was just wanting everybody to feel like I belonged, you know what I'm saying? So I think that was the part where I didn't really get into the hype, didn't really understand what was really going on. But all I wanted to do was just prove I belonged to be there and wanted my teammates to depend on me. Uh, I think it was a lot easier too with when you go to a school like that and everybody around you is kind of doing their job. All you need to do is don't mess it up. You don't got to go above and beyond. You don't have to just don't get beat all the time. Make sure you're locked in. Make sure you know your assignment, your alignment. Make sure you're doing the right things and you're going full speed. So I think that's kind of the, the part that made it easier was like this. They're not just like this, Joe, it's dependent on you. Like if the game is on you, it's like everybody around you is balling. Tim Tebow's like, he won the Heisman my, my freshman year. So we're scoring a lot of points. So it's not just like one little slip, you know what I'm saying? The game is on you. So it kind of takes a little pressure off you, but at the same time, you kind of want them to feel like you belong. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that we can all agree that you did prove that you belong. You know, 2007, you were... Freshman All-American, freshman All-SEC. 2008, you had the Natty. 2009, unanimous All-American. And then now, 2022, you were inducted into the Florida Hall of Fame. Like, What does it mean to you? Because thinking back, you kind of did have one of the best college careers of all time in Florida. Just You showed up, you did three years of elite play, and, and then now you're a Hall of Famer. So what does that kind of mean for you to have that career? blessed i'm super super blessed uh um i always was just trying to not really get to the next thing but never really kind of like celebrating my successes until i finally kind of retired from the game of football you know what i'm saying this year um and being able to kind of look back and then i can embrace where i was at florida and be able to look back like man we really did that you know what i'm saying like freshman all-american being able to hear people say it, i mean it's amazing because i was i put the work in and being able to hear that get get your flowers from your friends get your flowers from your peers i mean it's a great great feeling and i'm i'm still messed up about it so when we talk about it it still touches me now you know what i'm saying because it's very very recent and just the whole retirement from football you know what i'm saying is recent so it's all kind of hidden but it feels good to you know what i'm saying get respected by your peers um and everybody just appreciate what i did because i i really try i really i really try my hardest you know what i'm saying <laughs> play the game uh, the right way and uh, I just I loved it yeah and I mean you, you've mentioned it now and I was gonna ask this later but I'll say I told very few people that I was going to be interviewing you but everybody that I did tell asked the same question uh, so I will ask it what are your plans now that you're that you're done playing football I say now um, I want to I, I, I got my kids I got my wife um, out in California I kind of want to just I'm kind of figuring it out you know I think I kind of really love relaxing I'm going to my boy Chandler's wedding being able to kind of do things sporadically and not really have too much of a schedule uh, I really do want to get into uh to commentate you know um was talking with Amazon was talking about getting into the broadcasting thing uh so that's that's uh those are in the works but um just definitely a little bit of tv a little bit of talking I, I love it you know what I'm saying I have a passion for the game I want to kind of I want to stay around it and be able to you know what I'm saying talk about it I feel like I have a pretty good insight so uh, I think that's kind of kind of my next steps and um, I'm rooting for you. I think we got too many quarterbacks out there and the more DBs just that. that's how I'm, I'm I'm tired of hearing about just the RPO every time I want to hear about what the defense is doing it's 
That's just what, that's my feel on it so far. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, right in the wallet. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Going back to Florida just real quick, when you were there, you've mentioned, you know, you had had Tebow there, you had Major there. You were surrounded by elite talent where looking back it was genuinely this super team feel because there were there were first round picks throughout there were legit nfl players throughout even if they weren't first round picks even if they weren't early draft picks they had nfl careers that could be considered successful so what was it like to just be on a team where everybody i mean urban meyer back in florida he, he was like thanos with the infinity stones just adding adding these five star players that's what he did in Gainesville. so what was it like being a part of that uh, it was it, it was amazing because you you had the best players and like the one dude out percy harvin is probably one of the best football players i've ever played with my entire life and having dudes like him on your team having dudes like cornelius ingram having dudes lewis murphy uh bubba caldwell um riley cooper like receivers at that level and us knowing like you're coming out of college you're supposed to be you know what i'm saying college stars but everybody doesn't make it deontay thompson just dudes that literally going to nfl and are, are ballers you don't know that going into college you don't know if you're going to be a bust you don't know if you're going to play you know what i'm saying you just know that these dudes were five-star recruits four-star recruits and are coming in highly touted once i'm once 12 years out of the out of the league 12 years in the league you look back and was like we didn't really realize we were having an NFL practice, you know what I'm saying, as freshmen in, in college and going all the way through. So I think I really realized that though my sophomore year, Percy got drafted his junior year, first round receiver. And I was covering him since a freshman. And he was tearing me up my, my first year. And I started better and better and better, you know. And then I'm like, man, Percy went first round. I was covering him every day. We had Julio Jones was in the SEC. A.J. Green was in the SEC. I'm like, these dudes are going league for sure. So if I can cover them, then, you know what I'm saying, you can make it. So just not knowing when you first get into a situation, what the talent around you is going to do in the next level, how talented they really are. You know what I'm saying? You come in five stars, don't really play. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to go through that with them from freshman year through and seeing how they had NFL careers, that makes you be like, man, we were in there in the NFL practice since freshman year. And we didn't really know. It. We were just iron striper and iron. Yeah, I could only imagine what, those practice reps must have looked like between you and Percy and I, I could only imagine how incredible that must have been that like must see TV in a Florida Gators practice there and I when just to talk about Percy for one second when you talk about Percy he is the original Debo kind of and and how he was used in college do you watch Debo now and you're just like man like that that should have been Percy if the NFL was as um as modern as they are now no no for a thousand percent i think he he's the exact example of debo samuel just get the ball in his hands in any way and he's going to make something happen he's a running back receiver slot inside outside he, he could do it all so yeah percy man he's top of my books anybody ever speaks about college football greats percy harvin always is one of the dudes i'm like this don't forget about p 
Yeah, I mean, and he's just, I mean, you know, Florida fans, we love Percy. He was just an incredible football player. And moving on from college to the NFL, you were a first-round pick as well. Percy, I believe, was uh, 21 to the Vikings. 21 21 to 22. Yeah, he, he was in that range. You, however, seventh overall to the Cleveland Browns. Just just what was that like, your pre-draft process, combat and everything, and then getting actually drafted seventh overall? Oh, man. I, the the draft was unbelievable. In New York, I was able to – they called me to go to um, to New York to be in the green room, have my family there, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my brothers. Um, that it, it was huge. Um, the pre-draft process, the combine didn't go too well. At the combine, I had a strained back and ran a low 40 time, a slow 40 time. So that was kind of annoying. So just going through all of that hearing, man, you might, your stock's going to drop, da, 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 all this other stuff. So I'm like, with the pro day, crushed it. And, and that was good. Being in the swamp, uh, ran a really good time. Um, but yeah, but being in, uh, but being drafted seventh overall was just, it was an unbelievable feeling because you always see the dudes going across the stage uh, as a kid and uh, just being able to be there and family there and knowing that your dream, like dream came true. And I didn't really know, honestly, bro, until literally after my sophomore year was when people were like, oh no, Joe might be one of the top two corners to come out in the draft. And I'm, I'm like, oh man, like, that's like, that's, this is, this is, this is real, <laughs> real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So being able to really be in there, hearing like, Joe, you might go as high as seven to Cleveland or as low as like 15. I'm like, man, that's still first round. You know what I'm saying? But I can go top 10. Like, this is crazy. And the Browns weren't really too, they didn't give me too much attention in the process. Like I had, I did an interview with them, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't think like it was nothing extra and they didn't do any, any workouts or nothing. But when I was back there, when the seven pick came, them dudes, my phone rang and it was nuts. Yeah, I mean, I could only imagine just being like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to seven. They didn't work me out or anything. And then just getting that call must have been just awesome. I mean, did you get any weird questions during your pre-draft process? I know people are always like, yeah, there's like the NFL asked me this really weird question. Did, did you have anything that stood out to you as uh, outlandish? Honestly, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything too crazy. I didn't get anything too crazy. Because yeah, I know some of them are just like, unbelievable um but i don't i i i didn't have too much going on man i don't know i I hope they did i think that's why they didn't do too much research (laughs) (laughs) um in cleveland i think we can we can be honest here and say it wasn't the most successful franchise it wasn't the most well-run however you want to look at it and what was it like for you to kind of go from an absolutely dominant college program to the Cleveland Browns who were thought of as, as a lesser NFL team where it was a constant struggle to find success. So was that kind of a, a bit of a culture shock for you to go from elite top five program to the Browns? Uh, yeah, it, it was it was definitely different. Um, the one thing that was, I realized very quickly though that the NFL is a business, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's getting paid and jobs on the line every single week. So it kind of, kind of put me into a different mindset. For me, I knew it was a first round pick. So I kind of knew everybody was telling me, you're going to be here for a while. And I just wanted to do the best that I could and show that I was worth the money I was getting paid um, and that the seventh pick overall. So for me, at the first couple of years I had out there, I was kind of a like a head down, like do your job, like make sure you're not the reason why you guys are losing. So it was a, it was kind of a 
Joe, as long as you're taking care of you, that you control what you can control, you no matter what, you can't score all the points, you can't win the games, but you can make sure Antonio Brown doesn't go for 200. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, as long as you're making sure that you're locking up, doing your job. And when I was in Cleveland, too, they were they were like, Joe, that's why you get paid the big bucks. They were putting me on the island by myself sometimes. So um, I just had to have in my mind, I want to be the best corner. I want to be known as elite. So going to, going to work every day, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, making sure even if we do lose, I do not want that to happen. But it's not going to be because I didn't do my job. And how do you kind of, I don't want to say rank yourself, but how do you kind of compare yourself to guys like, I mean, Revis got all the attention as his man cover corner that can lock anybody down. I feel like you were in that conversation, but part of it was maybe, you know, he's playing for the Browns, so he's not going to get as much success. But I mean, again, Revis was playing for the Jets, so it's not like, there. It's not like he was winning championships either. But how do you kind of rank yourself in that elite cornerback conversation? Uh, I would put myself up there pretty high. Uh, I think between my, after my, my rookie year to around year six, when I was in Cleveland, I had one year where I was hurt. But I was out there literally, we played a lot of man-to-man. And man-to-man corners, we know when you start following receivers, when you start making sure like no, no safety help, that, that's when it's, it's the real deal. When I went to when I went to uh, the Steelers, it was a little bit not, not later in my career, but it was more zones, more reading quarterbacks, more, you know what I'm saying, uh, just figuring it out, definitely not getting beat deep. But I would say that that's my first seven years in the league. I rate myself just as good as as anybody as far as getting my hands on the ball, um, intercepting the ball, um, and following these receivers and being able to go against the the toughest guys each week, man to man. So I, I mean, Revis was doing it. Um, I mean, Pat P was following for a while. So I think the dudes that know back in the day when you had to literally just follow those dudes and there was no safety help. That's when uh, that's when it was wild. Dating back to when you played in Cleveland, did it ever bother you that? You know, you were a Cleveland Brown, and we, we've spoken about their success, but Cleveland Browns had maybe two of the best Joes in the NFL because they had you and they had Joe Thomas there, and, and it was just elite football there. But neither of you ever really got the respect that you deserved because of the team's record, which made no sense to me. That uh, I remember distinctly a conversation I was having one time about uh, Tashawn Gibson, and I remember saying, uh, Yes. Yes, I remember having a conversation about him with some of my teammates, and I was like, that man is a baller. And someone had the nerve to tell me, he's not a baller, he plays for the Browns. And I was like, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. So did that kind of ever bother you that maybe you didn't get the respect you deserve because of playing for the Browns? Uh, some, sometimes it would, you know, but I think early on in my career, I just was trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like looking back at it, you know what I'm saying? You see when you come in hot and like you're balling from the beginning, that's when you kind of get the ball rolling. People get to knowing your name. You get to get to get in the Pro Bowl early. You know what I'm saying? Um, but besides that, I mean, it was I, I loved it because the, the fan base was going crazy in Cleveland. They showed me so much love in the city. I was a big Cavs fan, so I was always going to all of the games. You know what I'm saying? So I was always out in the city. So uh, I thought. In, in, in-house in Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? They showed crazy amounts of love. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like I think, like, you know, it, obviously going a, a more winning team, it would have been more. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, you can control the controllables, right? This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. And when I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment for Florida Gators, it has to be, and yes, we, we hate how the game went, but it has to be. Anthony Richardson, 81-yard rushing touchdown. Not just the play itself, but just what it meant because Florida was down bad. Their offense had stalled completely. Anthony Richardson brought this team back to life, gave fans hope that, hey, we can maybe we can maybe do this. We, we can maybe come back. Um, of course, they didn't, but that was really fun. Uh, this segment has been inspired by thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you. In the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder, today available now at NissanUSA.com. What was it like for you because you, you played Cleveland? You openly said, like, Cleveland, they showed you a ton of love. Mm-hmm. And then you went and played for division rival Pittsburgh Steelers. So, so it's just what was that like to kind of make that decision? Was it kind of weighing on your mind that it's like, man, Cleveland's been good to me, but but now I'm going to the rival Steelers? It was more that I was feeling that way for the fans because I know they really didn't have too much to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like the city of Cleveland showed me so much love and I will love them forever. That's kind of why I want to go back and retire a a Brown just because that's where I grew up. Um, But it's just the business side of that, of the game where, you know what I'm saying? I got released from Cleveland. I didn't, I did not want to get released, but you know what I'm saying? That's the business side of it. And I always been a big fan of coach Tomlin. He's a, one of the best coach. He's the best coach I've ever played for in my life. And I just love the way that organization was being ran. They had a great offense. I wanted to go to a team that I felt like I could, I could win. They had Ben, they had Le'Veon, they had Antonio Brown. I was tired of covering him. I wanted to join him. So I was like, just a couple of decisions that I had, you know what I'm saying? I had to make and uh, they were offering a nice contract. And I was like, this is a marriage that I can't really turn down. Yeah. I mean, like you said, NFL is a business now. Got to, got to go get your own there. And during your time in the NFL, who were maybe the most difficult receivers for you to cover? During my time, I would say when I first got out there, it was definitely Antonio Brown. Um, A.J. Green was up there. Um, Calvin Johnson, for sure. And Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, Calvin was just a, a different breed. <laughs> like, we, we haven't seen that. And I mean... I know people want to say DK, but but you, I don't think DK is as good as Calvin. I think he's got the physical tools, but it's just Calvin is different. Um, and then just I, I got just one more question for you here. And in 2019, you had one of the better years of your career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. You were fully healthy. You played all 16 games. I know that even if you did play all 16 games, there had to be some injuries that that hampered you a little bit, maybe slowed you down, but in 2019, you allowed the second lowest passer rating of your career. You had the second most interceptions of your career. And you did that at, at age 30, which is for a corner, an age where you're on the downswing, you're most likely written off by most people. How did you pull off that resurgence and have the season that you had? I uh, mean, it goes to the lot of a lot of good pass rushing. A lot of good, you know, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, them boys were getting after the quarterback big time. Uh, I think we led the league in sacks. And, you know what I'm saying, just uh, a lot of good film study. You know what I'm saying? We've been in a lot of third down and longs where 
that's that's the money down. That's where you can kind of take chances. That's where quarterbacks are under the stress will kind of float it up to you. And a lot of it just not missing the ones that are going to hit you in the chest. A couple of things, you know, like just catching the ball. So it's been a couple of situations where, you know, I could, well, I could probably have a good 12, 13 more picks, you know, just look it in, you know what I'm saying? Not like I have butterfingers, but just maximizing opportunities and the defensive line getting after it and just being able to have a lot of film study on them, on them long third downs, being able to jump stuff. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. This was a highlight of my covering Locked On Gators so far, covering the Florida Gators. So thank you so much. This is Joe Hayden, Florida Gators, great legend, Hall of Famer now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Randy. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Hayden Hansen is joining me. So we had Joe Hayden and then Hayden Hansen got joining the show. So that's going to be really fun, and I'm sure not confusing at all. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.